0: So I don't know what it's like in South Carolina, but it is, uh, this week today, it is like a high of 95 with like a hundred percent humidity. And yeah,
1: we are breaking records today. we got a, in the, uh, a feels like in the hundreds.
0: Yeah, yeah. Our feels like temperatures in the, I mean, it's just awful in the Midwest right now. And like the next week, there's like no yeah, end yeah. in sight. And it's just that time of the year, right? Like we're in that time of the year and, and then Um, Tyree kill, he had a quote that went viral today and I'm like, and I, I wanted to get angry about it. And then I had to stop and remind myself and say, you know, goose Fraba anger management. We're in that time of the year, right? We're in that time of the year where it's mini camps, um, players, a new team guys are saying things, uh, in showing support. And, and I just had to remind myself that Tyree kill is lying. Tyree Kill is only saying is only only thing they could take from Tyree Kill's quotes right now is he's trying to be a good teammate. He was yeah, either asked on a podcast up. or he said on a podcast un uh unprovoked. As far as accuracy goes, he'd go Tua over Mahomes. And that's like the one thing he can say, right? He he can't say that yeah. that uh the Mahomes is uh, the Tua is a better uh, deep ball thrower. He can't say that two is more explosive off script. He could maybe say that two is a better leader, but that's a direct shot at Pat. And I don't think Tyreek yeah. would do that. And I don't think that Tua is a better leader. So he went with the one thing that you could maybe make the argument for. I disagree. I think that Patrick Mahomes is probably way more accurate than Tua, but that, well, two was two, two is more accurate. And I love accuracy.
1: Well, look, and uh, you know, not to, not to pretend like I know more than an NFL player, but I don't think he's quite, he quite knows yet until you get in games and figure this out. Yeah, I right. mean, like you're, he's throwing practices to you or uh, footballs to you in practice uh, right now. We're not even in training camps. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, like <laughs> let's chill for a second.
0: In game accuracy. Let's go to, let's get to in game accuracy. And you know, and I will say again, Smart on Tyree Kill's point. Again, don't get angry about it. When you hear the quote, when you see the quote, don't. we're here to remind you, don't get angry. There, he's yeah, all, the Tyreek, all the Tyree Kills trying to prove. There's no even point to argue it. He's just trying to prove he's being a good teammate, and it's good for him being a good teammate. And you know what? That's what good teammates do. They find the one thing they can say, and that could maybe be argued, and he doesn't have to really back it up. He can just say it. It's not a shot at Mahomes. And and if someone were to say is that a shot of Mahomes Like, No, 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 Mahomes is really accurate. Just Tua is like the most accurate. Like it's just yeah. the only thing you could say. It, but it is funny. It just reminded me we're in the season now where I I haven't been outside in 8 hours and I have no desire to go outside. And then we're in the season for the NFL where it's like the new guys in the camps with their new teams are going to say things. Um uh, AJ Brown I think had a quote about he, you know a Titans fan chirped at him and he was like I'm the best wide receiver that that franchise ever had. So I don't know why he's getting angry at me. Like it's just that time where the new guys in camp are chirping their old teams, pumping up their new teammates, and uh, all all while trying to deserve, you know, uh, show that they deserve the contract they got.
1: Sure, sure. And it's a funny segue into the the, the show that we have today, which is yeah. focusing on quarterbacks with the most pr- pressure. Uh, and then maybe some teams uh, with those quarterbacks as well as a whole, what kind of pressure they find themselves under. Tua certainly hopes that uh, you know Tyreek Hill's pumping him up will translate to on the field this season. And by the way, Devontae Adams uh, was also doing some of that himself by comparing Derek Carr to Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if you saw that. I, I, I did But see he's that, like, uh, yeah, you know, they're very similar uh, guys in that respect. It's like, dude, I love Derek Carr, right? I think he's yeah. grossly underrated. But let's, uh, let's pump the brakes a little I bit. I do
0: feel like, though, it's, again, another fair thing for Adams to say in the sense of, they're close, basically, you know, and if you wanted to make the argument. I think argument, he's trying to
1: tip the scales because yeah. he's like everyone, no one's giving this guy credit.
0: And yeah, so and if you want to make let, the argument that yeah, there's yeah. one quarterback in the league who is like, you know how, uh, this is it. This is the example. Follow me here. Chris Middleton of the Milwaukee Bucks is the B version of Kevin Durant. Derek Carr, you could argue, is kind of like the B version of Aaron Rodgers. He turns the ball over too much. But if he turned the ball over less, he'd be like the B plus version of Aaron Rodgers.
1: I I can kind of see where you're going with that. In I mean, that, look, in that, they're a similar type of player.
0: Yes, they're yeah, a similar
1: yeah. type of player. They, uh, you know, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers is way more mobile than I think he gets credit for. Agree throughout his career, um, but he's not a guy that's like killing you with his legs. Derek Carr's the same way with that. Um, you know, they both have like really good deep balls. They're both pretty much on the money. Uh, with their throw, they uh, have sh- quick releases. Uh, yep. So a lot of that, I'd say from a leadership aspect, you'd probably almost put more in the basket of Derek Carr in that regard. Cause it does seem like he's worked. He's uh, done a lot more with a lot less. Um, although obviously the playoff wins and the championships aren't there for him, but given, uh, given what he's had to work with and the dysfunction of that whole organization yep. as a whole, got to give him props for that for sure. But yeah, um, before we get into today's uh, main topic, which is us going through our list of uh, some quarterbacks that are facing the most pressure, we talked about it before. Mark and I have a few guys that we think is just uh, you know no brainer under a lot of pressure, mainly pressure for their jobs. Uh, but there are some other guys that I think uh, you know are under pressure for different reasons, whether or not it be getting to that next contract, whether it be fulfilling a contract or. Uh, you know, just uh, their legacy in general. So I think this will be an interesting conversation to have. But yeah, uh, right as we did our last show, Mark, we filmed it early. And then the next day that we normally would have filmed, the big news dropped that Aaron Donald was getting a, a huge extension. Of course, there have been all these question marks surrounding uh, whether or not he was going to come back because, uh, you know, he had been flirting with retirement uh, over the past couple years. Uh, but he gets his uh, big time extension, ninety five million dollars across three seasons. So he, a- after T.J. Watt got a record breaking deal, is now the highest paid um, per year average defensive player in league history, over twenty million per year or thirty million per year. Excuse me, uh, T.J. Watt making twenty eight million, and then after that was announced, uh, Cooper Cup. It wasn't long after that that he got his big deal as big well, money. a three year extension. Uh, 80 million, 75 of it guaranteed, and uh, in total, it's about 110 million dollars for Cooper Cup with this three year extension. So, the Rams just keep finding ways to sign guys to big money deals, and you know, here they are winning Super Bowls and uh, you know, going into the season with as probably the favorite and uh, with clearly the best roster yet again. It's just how the Rams do business, and I think they are paving the way for the new era of how caps are manipulated and how you maneuver a lot of these issues that some teams have yet to figure out.
0: Certainly they're setting a standard in that way for other teams to look at as a blueprint. But I will argue that the Rams really, they only have two or three other teams that could feasibly, copy this to the level of success that they have to and and I say that because they're in LA. I think part of what the Rams, you know, I had a, a person here who I work with who's a huge 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 Chiefs fan. I you know, I live in the Illinois Missouri border in this Chiefs country and and uh so he get he takes very a lot of offense to like anything that like uh it, it, he used to be a St. Louis Rams fan, but he's very anti the Rams now. And he, anytime the Raiders do anything, he's like the Raiders are the stupidest thing of all time. And I, I had to defend the Raiders a lot too much. It's hard to do sometimes. The point I'm trying to make is, is that m- he was arguing. He's like, Oh, this is so, it's so ridiculous. It's so stupid. And they're going to be disaster in two years from now. And my whole thing is I'd argue like, first off a, who cares what two years from now looks like when you have, Matthew Stafford at the in in at the very end of his prime, Aaron Donald the very end of his prime, maybe his career, and then you have you have weapons around these guys that are all in their prime: Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, uh, 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 Jalen Ramsey, Bobby Wagner, end of his prime. But you know what I mean? You you have this window now that it's like no 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 your windows to win now, you Super Bowls in the NFL, anything beyond two years is way too far to think about. It's just, it's still, it's so been proven. Yeah,
1: even at the quarterback position now, which it used Go- to be, you think, four years down the road. Now you got yeah. one to think one to two.
0: Go back most. five, even five years ago, you think, oh, it's just five years. Five years ago, if you would have done the whole, like, which quarterback would you like to have in the next 10 years, Jameis Winston would have been in the top 10. People, five years ago, he would have been, it would have been a second year in the league, he would have had a, he had a really good rookie season, and and now you think Jameis Winston? We just did it with the quarterback list. He's bottom, you know, thirty-ish. You know, he's like 20 to, 20 to thirty, and like we we both said, needs a huge year to kind of like earn his spot to stay in the NFL as a starter. So don't give me this whole what is your well, you're screwing yourself for three years down the road. That has been proven to be like who gives a rip. And then again, what I'm saying about LA is that. The Chargers have the possibility to compete the way the Rams do. And I would argue the only other team that could really do that model would be the Dolphins. And because it's Miami that is comparable to L.A. as far as glitz, glamour, star power, most NFL guys either have a place there already or want to get a place there, L.A., Miami. And and what I'm saying is that the Rams know they are always going to be in competition and a leader on the, uh, you know, as far as in the clubhouse, a leader in the clubhouse for guys like Odell Beckham Jr. who are, uh, and Von Miller, who are, can give you a season and are trying to resurrect their career and will play for the veteran minimum. So if you're even competitive, you can sign the Odell Beckham Jr.'s, the Vaughn Millers, those type of players for league minimums or very low, non-guaranteed money, just boom, come on in and perform with us for a year. You already got a place in LA and run with us as we, as we just go on runs like that is, that is the, the Rams are building that model where you have your four or five core pieces that you, you pay top of the line for and let it mind you, not like the Cowboys where they pay top of the line in all those positions too, but those guys aren't actually at the top of the line. You're talking about Matt Stafford, who I'd argue is top top. You could argue top five, but definitely top seven quarterback in the league. Aaron Donald, who's one of the top greatest defensive players ever, who's still elite at his position. Top two or three defensive players in the league. Jalen Ramsey, top 10 in the league in in, in defense and top five in his position. So you're paying guys, Cooper Cup, top five in the league at his position. So you're paying top of the line dollars for actual top of the line guys, giving you actual top of the line production. And then you know you can fill in the blanks with veterans who are on Hall of Fame trajectories who are trying to find a place for the twilight of their careers or to resurrect their career. Hell, you already got a house in L.A. Come on out here, play with us for a season. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: L.A. is the biggest draw that there is. There's no question about it. It's a big reason why LeBron ended up going there at the end of his career. It wasn't just because it was the Lakers and he wanted to take it upon himself to resurrect the Lakers brand. No, it's everything's there. His net worth has what, doubled? since you've been out there as a Laker, like there's obvious reasons for a lot of this Uh, media companies uh, exposure to things like that. Uh, You obviously have the, uh, the, you know, the celebrity lifestyle that a lot of these athletes uh, want to live hard to do that in Cleveland. No offense to Cleveland there Yeah, or offense. I don't know either way. offense to Cleveland (laughs) offense. Um, And, you know, to piggyback off of your point there a little bit, you know, So there's been a lot of talk about, you know, how does this happen? How is this even possible? It is pretty simple actually. And what it is, is the voidable years. A lot of teams now, what they're doing is the signing bonus, which is always guaranteed. That's where the big money uh, tends to come from in terms of the guarantees. The signing bonus is uh, heavily weighted and it's right now, but what they can do is prorate that signing bonus over several years. It's like credit card debt that doesn't accrue interest. And the best part about it for these teams it's not just kicking the can down the road, although it certainly is. They're going to pay for this later, and it's going to count against their cap in 2024,
0: 2025.
1: But it'll be smaller increments. Ca- it, it, it'll be smaller increments, and the cap is larger in those years. It's increasing every year. So they're going – by that time, the money that they owe is actually less in terms of the percentage of what it would be today. Yeah. So it is a smarter way of doing business because at the end of the day, what you're owing then – is going to be worth less and you're going to have more money. So it's a, it, it really isn't that positive. A lot of times for these teams, the problem is you can you can get carried away with that and then find yourself owing a hundred million dollars in 2025 for players that aren't there. Obviously you don't want yep. that to happen,
0: but you it's don't a smart want, move. You don't want that to happen. And again, it takes an owner who's willing to write the check because again, sure. when you sign that deal, Aaron Donald, got paid, you know, guaranteed $60 million over two years, that clears his bank account, boom, instantly. That yeah, is Stan Kroenke writing the check for the Rams organization. You know what I mean? Like, that is the Rams bankrolling it. So if you're an organization like a Jacksonville or, you know what I mean, uh, uh one of these other, you know, organizations that may be struggling. Now, Shaq Khan's a billionaire, but, you know, like, and so he may take some of his own money. But, again, you got to front that for your organization. So that's why the Bears don't do it. The McCaskey family is only rich. Their only wealth wealth is what the Bears have in, in flexible money and spending. So it you, you takes certain organizations to be able to do that. And it just goes to show you, you know, now maybe with the Broncos and uh, and the Walton family getting involved, maybe they're going to be an organization who's going to be able to really do that and play that type of game. You you got to get these big money people to be able to spend the money that way and to be confident in spending the money that way, Stan Kroenke is certainly one of them, and he sees the dividends of winning too. I think so many of these owners, and I think the the Bengals may, who knows? The, Paul Brown is notorious one, one of the cheapest owners, but the Bengals again, you see the dividends of winning, and you see what how much money you bring in from a Super Bowl run, and you think to yourself, "Crap, that's kind of addicting. I want to do that again." I'll, I'll spend that money to make that money again. Um, so it is a, it's a great point by you about the credit card debt that doesn't have interest and as the cap explodes, but you do have to have an organization that has the money that's willing to write. Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, that, the Rams wrote you know, almost $100 million in checks. They're just gone, You know the bank account. Uh, you yeah. know, and that's a lot of money, even though I know it's the NFL and they all make a lot of money, but that, that's a lot of money.
1: It's still, yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of money. And they paid Bobby Wagner earlier, you know, they, yeah. they, they paid Alan Robinson. They might very well uh, pay Odell. We'll see. He's still on the free agent market. Right
0: yeah, crashing Sean McVay's wedding.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. So he's uh, likely to stay is my guess, but we'll, we'll see when that time comes. Uh, I got to give this guy a shout out, although it's certainly not as big of a payday as uh, the rest of the these guys that we've talked about, but he is a South Carolina native, went to Clemson, Hunter Renfro getting a thirty-two oh, yeah. million dollar two-year extension, with the Las Vegas Raiders after a really big season, a breakout year for him, uh, one, you know, establishing himself as the, you know, one of the better route runners in the NFL and he has dominated in the slot and, uh, you know, solid deal. It's a uh, 20 million of it guaranteed. That's a huge payday for some mm-hmm. of these guys, you know, especially a guy that two years ago, you wouldn't have thought whatever, you know, Get to double-digit million-dollar figures uh, like this, but he has found a niche for himself, and you know, can't help but root for guys like that.
0: It's a steal, honestly, for the Raiders too. I I really believe that. I mean, he is so uber productive. He is Julian Edelman. He is Wes Welker. Uh, that is Josh McDaniels. Remember, new head coach of the Raiders. You yeah. need that guy in your offense, and with Devonta Adams there, I mean, you're it has a Randy Moss, Wes Welker type of feel, I think they're going to see some of that type of, um, you know, offense. I mean, Devonte Adams commands respect and he commands double teams and Hunter Renfro already is annoying. He was uber productive even after they lost rugs in this, you know, in the la- in the second right. half of that season. And so a guy who already is just the middle of the football field has changed so much for defense, in the NFL, when they've taken out these big hits and what you can and can't do to wide receivers and defenseless receivers. And so he is the type of guy that takes advantage of those rule changes. He's the type of guy that with Devonte Adams becomes even more valuable. Doesn't miss time. I mean, I think it's a steal for the Raiders. I think it's huge. I really, really do. And again, you lock them up for whatever kind of run you're on here now, you know what I mean? It's a, a two-year deal. You don't want to give a guy like that four years because he's going to take a lot of hits and you don't want that money to be dead. That's when it sucks. We're talking about with the cap. When you have money invested in a guy that then is not available. uh, If it doesn't pan out, then it's really rough. If a guy retires or whatever happens, you can trade him for you know trade the contract, move some things around. But if it's just, well, crap, no, he's just unavailable, that's when those big money contracts are the worst of the worst. They hurt. They just Hurt, 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 hurt. So yeah, I think Renfro, it's not, I don't think it's overpaying. I don't think it's too much money. And I think um, it's a steal.
1: Yeah. Clutch performer, third down guy, no question. Caught the national championship winning pass from Deshaun Watson oh. uh, at, at Clemson. And then now he finds himself uh, hauling in a big payday himself. So good for him. Good for Hunter Renfro. You brought
0: up his name. I'll quickly say it again. We talked about it before. Deshaun Watson, man, I I stand by it. We don't need to talk about the the more stuff because, again, it's all coming out, more of it. I stand by my, my proposal to the NFL. Suspend him until the trials are done.
1: Yeah, uh, you gotta, just, they have to. Yeah.
0: It's such a nightmare. It's a PR night. Again, you have so many people still like, what happened to innocent till proven guilty? It's like, again, the NFL is a private organization. They got to protect the shield. Protect the shield, NFL. Suspend him until this ordeal is done. Let him go through all the trials. But already you're to Kevin Stefanski having to answer questions. You saw that? Like, yeah. He said, yeah, yeah. He said, Oh, well, I'm just gonna let the due process play out. It, it, you're gonna deal with this all season t- unless you suspend him, because these trials are gonna be long, you are gonna be arduous, and a ton of this type of information is gonna come out.
1: No question. No question. It's uh, it's bad news, bears, bad news, Browns, uh, yeah. big time. And now they're stuck in that situation. You already burned the Baker bridge. You are in you you're in deep. And that's why when we, when that first happened, man, I talked about just how incredibly risky this was. Yeah. And, uh, they are now, I mean, they're now swimming in it and we don't even know yet. And it already seems like it's already been a terrible choice. You know, it's like we already feel validated. In yeah, an opinion that was formed a month ago before the season even started.
0: If that and does, when it's crazy, even when he gets suspended, the bridges burned so bad with Baker. I've been thinking, I've been trying to think about what the Browns could do. I honestly think one of the things you look at doing is you call the Saints and you say Baker for Jameis, just swap. You get Baker, uh, you know, he'll fit in, in exactly what you're trying to do. He's an almost Drew Brees-esque in the way you can run your offense and all that. You give us Jameis, Jameis on a one-year, you know, deal just because Jameis can maybe optimize. Yeah, I, I don't think they're hate about, that. I think they're about equal. I mean, I think Baker's. A I mean, I'd bit rather better. have
1: Baker. I think, but I agree. But if you can't, you're, if you're you Cleveland, can't if you're have him, you
0: anymore. can't have yeah. Baker. Exactly. So yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, I just yeah. feel like that's the that's the only thing I could think of. And so I, I mean, I know we're not talking about that now, but I just yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't, hate that. I
1: think that's I, I kind of like that. I, I think
0: New think Orleans that. would consider it. I think New Orleans would consider it.
1: Just a straight up
0: swap. And if Cleveland eats some of the Baker money. I mean, Atlanta
1: might too, um, you know, for a swap with Mariota, maybe.
0: Yeah, but I think if you're not saying it's Cleveland, I think I personally, Jameis, I gives you a better check when I think than than Mariota. Definitely, definitely. All right, let's get into our list
1: here, Mark, of uh, who's under the most pressure going into the 2022 season. Uh, Every year, there's tons of pressure on all of these athletes, uh, especially at the quarterback position. But uh, this year in particular, we're going to have a new crop. And, um, you know, I'm interested to see kind of who you have on your list. And, uh, I have one as well. We both talked, we have a few guys that are really under pressure. Um, so it's kind of a tiered system. Um, kind of how I did it myself was, uh, guys under pressure for different reasons. And to me, the biggest reason would be playing for your career, playing for your job. Yeah. So those are the guys under the most pressure in my mind. And then I go down the list for some other reasons as well, but, uh, we'll start with you if you want to give your, your first one however you want to do this.
0: Do 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 the pick is in, Uh, in the draft for the quarterbacks under the most pressure. I'm going with Ryan Tannehill. I think uh, he deserves to be the number one overall pick in this pressure draft Um, because Tannehill is still, I think in those that year or two left of his career where it's like, I think you can still get the most out of yourself physically. You know what I mean? Like, He's not um, Matt Ryan, where we it's kind of obvious that his peak days are past. Ryan Tannehill, whatever Ryan Tannehill's peak is, has been since he's been with the Titans. And um, I, I feel like this is also the type of situation where if Ryan Tannehill is bad, I don't think many people are going to be like, oh, he deserves another shot somewhere. I don't think there's a lot of people who are going to be uh, fighting for Ryan Tannehill, you know what I mean, to get another chance. I think Ryan Tannehill will have a job next year, no matter where it is. I think he will he's one of those guys that immediately comes in to compete, to fit spot starter, the best of the best for mentoring maybe a young quarterback or starting while you have a young quarterback. But if he plays really, really well, this is his job again going into next year. And I mean, he would be again the top of this list next year. But, you know, that's the kind of spot that Ryan Tannehill's in. So a really good season for Ryan Tannehill can lock him into the Titans again for that final year of his contract. And uh, that takes a little bit of the pressure off then going into uh, the rest of your career. But I think Tannehill this year, ton of pressure. That team is built to win now. The AFC's got a ton of competition. And, uh, you know, Malik Willis is the guy that all the draft experts kept saying would go first round, and they all were wrong. So I think a lot of those people are – you know, we're all trying to figure out what is Malik Willis, and uh, we haven't yet heard anything out of camp yet. But you know, Ryan Tannehill, the pressure could be is is on even more because that guy's in the build.
1: That's interesting. I honestly didn't uh, didn't think to put Ryan Tannehill on this list, but I think you've convinced me that he belongs on this list. Certainly, here we go. That I don't know if he's good. Doing, I don't know if it's the top spot um, that I would put him in, but yeah, I mean it's a good point. It, he is towards that back end of his career. The only thing that I would think about uh, in that is that um, there, you, he, you never had these uh, lofty expectations out of uh, Ryan Tannehill valid. So I think that he's already kind of exceeded. Um, now I'm sure, you know, that wouldn't be a solace to him. He wants to be a super bowl winning quarterback and, you know, he'd love to be a hall of fame quarterback, things like that. And I get it, but um so there's that aspect to it, but in terms of playing for his job next year, I think you're right. I mean, it's if if it doesn't go well, then you you know throw Malik Willis out there, some guy you still invested in and you you're hopeful for. So his yeah. career
0: quickly goes from in the in a calendar year, it can go from he's still the start of the Titans going into next year with the same amount of pressure, or he is now just a guy like a uh, like a uh, 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 Ryan Fitzpatrick or any of those guys who's like, all right, bring him in. Uh, we got a young guy. Let's bring him into camp and see what, you know, we can do with him and maybe he wins the job or maybe he is just a good voice in the locker room. So I think it's a lot. I think yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that is a huge change in your career. So I, that's to me was the biggest part of the pressure for it.
1: Number one for me was two. Ah, yeah. All
0: right. He's number two for me.
1: I just, um, you know, I know it's, it's, it's very young in his career, but it's already been a lot of, it's been a rocky road already and the injuries have been concerning. And that was one of the big concerns coming into the, his career was uh, whether or not he was going to be able to stay available with this team. Part of the the reason that there's all this pressure is everything that's been invested in this team to make him better. Uh, And, you know, the Jalen Waddle pick last year going into year two already, we think is, you know, a pretty phenomenal wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, Then they add Tyree kill then they add four running backs clearly are going to shore up uh, this offensive line, this ground game with a lot of veteran backs like that. They're going to put him in a position to succeed. They want to get Mike McDaniels, you know, a guy who was part of the Kyle Shanahan offense and, you know, his right-hand man, there's a lot of expectations out of this offense and all of that, if not, you know, 90% falls on Tua and his career is one where, it's not like maybe some other guys, like a Carson Wentz or a Sam Darnold, who their size is so attractive and their yeah. their intangibles are so attractive that they're awarded three, four chances potentially. Um, Tua's a guy where, like, man, if it doesn't work out with your first team, that could be the end of the road potentially, depending on how uh, this plays out. This is a big season for Tua and. Yeah. The division is as gettable as it's ever been outside of Buffalo being great. Um, there is a chance here, like Miami, he needs to get this team to the playoffs um, and, and play well. And, you know, maybe he dominates and they don't get there. And then you're like, okay, but uh, there has to be success. And, you know, a good portion of that comes from just Tua and his play.
0: I agree. The only reason I put Hill above Tua, and I think we're, we're kind of, it, it just goes to show how our brains think we're the opposite. To me, I'm, I'm feeling like, oh, the pressure because Tannehill, it's closer to the end of his career, where Tua, I, I do feel as though ev- I agree with everything you just said, everything you just said. And, I, and, and so for Tua, I do think that Tua will, you know, he's got the fifth-year option. It's, it's, not, it's really affordable considering what other quarterbacks making in the market. Miami spent a lot of money in free agency, I think Tua is he, he has a, a a little bit more of a cushion if the year doesn't go perfectly because of the new coach to have the chance to still be starting with Miami next year cuz it'll be fourth year they maybe they won't pick up his fifth year option or whatever but he'll he'll have that kind of Baker Mayfield type yeah. runway but I agree it's a massive year for Tua he is absolutely should be one or two on this list and I think that the thing about Tua is when I said, you know, for Tannehill, it's this peak of his career. We're in a calendar year for Tua. This is his Mitchell Trubisky year. You're absolutely right. He's not Wentz or, or big enough in that way or even Darnold to be like, you know what, we're going to take a flyer on this guy to just give him the starting job. He is Mitch where the sense that it's like, nah, dude, he's going to be just now if he's good in the locker room, he's just going to be one of the best backups in the league. And that's a desirable thing. Tua, again, like Mitch, I think could have a very long career. Tua could be in the league for ten years, like a Teddy Bridgewater, like a Mitch Trubisky. I think they is right. you know, ripe for that type of career, Gardner Minshew type thing. But if he wants to be a starter, to get another a contract, and actually have a you know chance to really have a team to win Super Bowls and to build and to be a, a part of, this year is everything, and and this team. It's going to be with Miami guys like Tua. You're absolutely right. Don't get the real second chance. It's just the way the NFL works. There's too much other talent coming out of the draft every year. That's Ooh and Ah, as opposed to taking a flyer on undersized with physical limitations. So huge, huge pressure year for Tua.
1: Yeah. So he was number two for you. What's your number. What was your third guy?
0: My third is Jalen hurts. And again, on my, I put Jalen hurts this high because he's got a really good team around him with a young head coach that we both doubted a calendar year ago. Now we were like Nick Sirianni. I I don't know, but now you say this is a team that made the playoffs. The NFC is weaker. Um, there's already storylines of Jalen hurts, you know, physically looking bigger. He, he tried to gain weight this off season, yeah. working his deep ball a little bit more and I think Jalen Hurts, you got to remember, this is his third year. He's only got a four-year contract. He was a second-round pick. And I add Jalen Hurts. I give him the bump because he's never got the big payday. First-round picks get that. A guy like Tua, a guy like Mitch, they both met 20-something million guaranteed. Like, Jalen Hurts did not get that. He got a couple million guaranteed, a nice second-round contract. But this is Jalen Hurts's year to show the Philadelphia Eagles that I am your guy. Let's get me to a nice three, four year deal, you know, 80 million, you know, guaranteed. And let me be your guy for the next three to four years. So that's huge pressure, especially because any team that had, that made the playoffs in the NFC last year, that misses the playoffs this year is going to be scrutinized. I think even more so, because again, I think we all agree the NFC has taken a step back from this time last year to this time this year it's not as great of a conference overall talent wise and so that when you lose the Russell Wilson you lose the Devontae Adams you know you, all these pieces go over to the AFC i think we all agree the NFC is weaker so if the eagles miss the playoffs and hurts doesn't have improved numbers he is uh he's in danger i mean it, it's a it's a chance to change his life. And uh, again, Jalen Hurts, like Tua, because of the size and like Mitch, it's the Eagles are bust as far as getting a chance to be the starter and to have your own team for a period of time to win a Super Bowl. He will, uh, Jalen Hurts will absolutely have a career in this league, 10 year career if he stays healthy and make a lot of money in small increments you know, being a backup and maybe even have a chance to spot start and, you know, Tyrod Taylor's career. Jalen Hurts is very poised for that. But this year is a chance for Jalen Hurts to prove, no, 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 he belongs in that conversation of guys in that top 15 in the league, and you can win with Jalen Hurts uh, if, if if you build the right team around him. So big, big year for Jalen Hurts.
1: And, and to your, add to your point, uh, they, they go and get, you know, a big spend on a, a wide receiver in AJ Brown and they absolutely in that position last year. Uh, they, they're also saying, look, this is, uh, this is an offense that should do well and should light up the scoreboard. And so you got a pressure to kind of live up to that. So yeah, that's an interesting pick. I like it. Uh, I did not have him in my top three, so I will go with my, uh, number two, which is Carson Wentz. And, yeah. um, I, and, and mainly because I just think this is, this is it like this, the other guys we, we mentioned, Tua and Jalen, I think they're, while we think there's a good probability that uh, they have to do it with their current team, uh, there's not a 0% chance that another team wouldn't take a flyer on them. I think, I'm pretty confident. This is a zero. The Carson experience and the experiment through three teams, if it doesn't pan out, in a very weak division, uh, two back-to-back week divisions, really. Um, if it doesn't work out, then it if ends. you're another team, like you said, there's so much talent at the position coming out. And at, by this point, he'd be almost 30. Like, you got to talk about this is just a guy that maybe we could have come in here as a backup. Is he a guy that could be a backup? That's kind of a tough, si- tough situation. Sam Newton uh, doesn- doesn't seem like a guy that could fill that role. And Wentz might be in a similar mold as that he's under a ton of pressure. There's already, you know, he went to a franchise in Washington that's already dealing with its own stuff. Uh, so hopefully there's yeah. not a dust up over there, pun intended there with Jack Rio <laughs> reference. Um, so yeah, it's good. uh it's interesting. Uh, it's an interesting position he finds himself in and it's not like he's in a terrible situation. Like they, they oh. have a, a defense that that's pretty solid and he's got Terry McLaurin. Uh, they just, you know, spent another draft pick on a receiver.
0: Well, Terry's uh, not in camp right now, but yeah, well,
1: that's true. That's true. Yeah. You know, a lot can happen over the next couple months, but we'll, for the purposes of this exercise, we'll assume yeah. he's with the team. Um, you know, Carson has to make this work for a team too, that won the division just a couple of years ago. Right. Like, This is a team that, you know, has that opportunity in front of it. And uh, to not be able to get done with the Colts last year with all the stability and the, you know, great things that went their way and his way in particular in terms of a great offensive line, great weapons. You come to Washington, which is certainly not a terrible situation. Uh, There could be better, certainly, in a lot of uh, regards. But uh, you have weapons. You have the capabilities to win there. If it doesn't happen this year, it's it's just, it's no more. unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Wentz was the next on my list as well. And the only reason I had Wentz not higher is because I think all of us, our expectations for Wentz have just plummeted. So, yeah, yeah. and I don't think anyone will be sad in a year from now when Carson Wentz is unemployed and debating whether he wants a backup job or not, um, because you're absolutely right. Carson Wentz will move into that spot of, you are you're you're brought into an organization um that is looking for a backup and is looking to maybe vet or, or mentor to start for five games while our rookie sits for five games. And um that's that's his future if this year doesn't go well. Carson Wentz, like we said with Tua and like I said, uh with Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz's only chance to be a quarterback where the team invested in him as the starter for a, a two or three year period and invest in him is now with the Washington commanders. That's it. That That's it. It's done. So it is a big, in that regard, it's, it's a huge year for him. Um, you know, I I'll just add really quickly with Wentz. You mentioned the cam thing. I think Wentz is the type of guy he had that big contract I think Wentz is the type of guy that would be willing to humble himself in a in a role to just be a spot starter. But I just don't know if if teams if teams will see him that way. You know what I mean? I don't know if sure. he's as valuable. Sure. You know what I mean? If I can go out and I get...
1: base that mainly off of some, you know, rumblings uh, yeah. that we've gotten reports about him that him not really Having the team rally around him, agreed, and, and th- not being the most uh "quote unquote" like likable guy. Yes, uh, a little bit of a harsh personality in some respects. Um And I think you know, that is that can fact- be a good thing for that position, but it can also be a bad thing. So
0: I think that's exactly why I am I'm, I'm, I'm building off of that and saying that I just don't think teams will see him that way. And I think yeah, that yeah, now you might be right in like that regard. A Mitch or a Tua, I would much rather bring them in. Um, yeah. they're team because guys, they're those team teams. guys. They're all the reports are the locker rooms really like the guys Hurts as, is that way too. Hertz yeah. is that way as well. So he's going to, he's going to fall behind a lot of those guys on that list. So it's going to be again. And that's why the pressure is really on from I me. Mean, this is a huge year for Carson Wentz in that way. Last year was a huge year, uh, sure, but this sure. one, it, this one, it's desperation time.
1: So um, does that kind of end the tiers for you, the 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 top tier for you, or did you? That's the top
0: more? tier for okay. me. I think the only I could go in two different, uh, I could go in three different directions. You know, I have one more guy who I'd say this is a career like your career's on the line type of year, and I and I don't know if he's on your list in a different portion, but I'll give it to you now, and you let me know if this was out of left field or you had him somewhere else. Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones is the last guy who I'd say, like, all right, dude, in a year from now, your career could be vastly different in, in positive and negative. You have the benefit of it looks like your team's getting healthy and you have a new head coach that a lot of people are excited about in Brian Dable, right? And you have the job. They didn't draft anyone. They didn't bring in the uh, a veteran of note it's your job. You know, a lot of people had Baker in in New York uh, and all these other things. No, no your job. And so Daniel Jones is the type of guy that has shown those flashes, but it's just not healthy enough, not consistent enough. But a lot of people argue the organization around him was terrible. You know what I mean? It was just, you know, bad coaching, a bad organization. So Daniel Jones is the, is the final person for me, like in a year from now, This dude's career could look so different. If he's out of the league and can't even get a backup job, I don't think anyone would bat an eyelash. Like, All right, the league moved on. No, neither of us could be like, Daniel Jones should be in the league. We're going to stump. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and campaign for Daniel Jones. But if Daniel Jones is starting again for New York and they pick up his, you know, just give him his fourth year or don't pick up his fifth in or pick up his fifth year option, whatever they do, because he comes out and throws 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, Saquon Barkley rushes for almost a thousand yards and the giants kind of surprise people and finish near 500. I don't think anyone would bat an eyelash at the giants going, all right, maybe Brian Dable can make something out of Daniel Jones. And you just pick up the option because it's way cheaper. And depending on where they fall in the draft or what's available and you say, all right, Daniel Jones, you have another year or it could go really South quickly and he's not starting by middle of the year. And Daniel Jones, career in the NFL is now, you know, Josh Rosen esque of like, can he find a job? And, and, you know, and, and that's sure, that's sure. a huge difference. It's a huge, huge difference. So I think
1: there's some pressure on Daniel Jones. I just don't think that there's a lot. And the reason that I, I say that is because, unlike some of these other guys, I don't see the overwhelming investment in you got to be better because look at what we did. Agreed. Or like, What did you do? You got Brian Dable, which is great. That's a huge, I mean, that's, that's obvious. It's a very big piece to like the puzzle, but in terms of Daniel Jones, it's like, all right, well, a new head coach that takes that that's an expected uh, lengthy time of development. You're, you're not expecting an overnight um, thing to change. Whereas an AJ Brown signing is expected week one, your offense is going to look different. This exactly. is going to be
0: exactly
1: uh, a different dynamic. I and was, Saquon hasn't been able to stay healthy. He hasn't had the supporting cast. He's a guy I just don't know how to feel about him at all. And and th- that could play into your point as well that where it's like maybe other teams are going to see that too and be like, well, we're not necess- we're not sold on the guy, so why would yeah. we you know make a push for him either.
0: So, I just so. feel like Daniel Jones has a chance if he that's why and I also think that's why there, you know, he's not high on this list for me, but he's on this list of saying like internally for him, it's pressure. No one's putting the pressure on him, yeah. but it's like he, if he goes out and throws like again, 26 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, they finished near 500. And you know, he, he's seen him run the ball. Like he's athletic in that sense, straight line speed. Like, man. Oh, all right. Dan, like Daniel Jones had a really quietly, like a, a decent year. Like, Holy crap. It kind of came out of nowhere. He, though, is in a spot that's like Tua. He's just not as big of a name as Tua, and the investment around Tua was bigger. But he's in a similar spot as Tua in the sense that not only were – they're the same draft class, right, but also – or wait.
1: Um, I think Tua was a year after him.
0: Year after. Uh, just... So Daniel Jones is in year four. Um, but but so what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is is that the – they both have the new head coaches. The new head coaches have stability. The quarterbacks don't, but you know what I mean? The, the quarterbacks have yeah. a chance. They have a chance to kind of latch on. And if the coach believes in them and, and shows it, that then maybe the coach could vouch for them and they could stick around. So they're in a similar situation in that way.
1: Yeah. So there was 2019 draft was Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, and Dwayne Haskins were the uh, That's right. three. So then the next year was two. um no, yeah, no, that's, those are good points, and uh, I can definitely see that. Um, there, there's also just the fact that playing quarterback for the New York Giants uh, has some pressure yeah. <laughs> baked into that role in and of itself, so that's, that's for sure. For me, it was a duo, uh, excuse me, a duo of Sam Darnold and the Panthers. I, think, I yeah. think both of them are under an immense amount of pressure because – this division is just not good, and they have a good defense. They have like a, ro- a roster that should compete. Like, Agreed. If you looked at this roster on paper, you would say that's a pretty solid roster, and a lot of these back-end teams would probably die to have these, some of these players. Uh, and while this is also a big year for Christian McCaffrey, Matt Rule and company need to be competitive. They have to, they can't go another five win season. They just can't, they can't go six, seven win season. They need to get to like eight, nine wins Be, like, and I wrote down in my note, we need to see some aspect of progress. Like it, it just, you have to feel like the needle is moving forward. Didn't feel like that with Sam Darnold outside of those first three starts where you're like, Oh, somehow maybe they're making this work. He had five rushing touchdowns in the first few weeks of the season. Other than that, it was just a, you know, a disaster. And so uh, Sam is another one of those guys that, you know, yes, you know, he has size and he has attractable traits, attractive traits.
0: But Um, there's so much now tape built up against him.
1: Yeah. And it's been, it's been very bad. It's not like, like Wentz was on a, you know, an MVP trajectory. So he had the traits plus we've seen him be great. We haven't seen that from Sam yet. So it's really like, this might be the end of the road for you too, man. And yeah. so you and the Panthers need each other so bad to do well, because it's really, you know, do or die for both, uh, you know, sides of this thing. For Sam is in Matt rule, you know,
0: Sam could end up being like Geno Smith. I don't think so. like, you know, what? when Geno Smith got in to the, for the Seahawks this year, you're everyone's kind of like, Oh shit. That's right. He's still in the league. And yeah. he had like one game. And run. I guess, oh. you
1: know, honestly, I don't think we can discount him being the starter. I know we, I, yeah, we I kind of make Drew Locke in there, but I think yeah. G- I think Drew,
0: I think Drew, and Geno Smith's dealing with a DUI charge. I think Drew Locke will True. uh win that job. But you're right. But I feel like that is um that that's Sam Darnold. Like Sam, if he even if he has a great year, I don't see the Panthers sticking with him. The best case scenario for Sam Darnold is he plays well enough, really well enough to where a team goes, Hey, we're going to put you in the Marcus Mariota situation next year. We'll start you as we drafted a guy in the first three rounds and we'll see what happens as we're not really trying to win. So he's in a, re- that's why he didn't make Miles, Cause his career is, is over. Like as far as building around Sam Darnold or anything, it, unless he wins the MVP, but if he
1: pops off, I mean, look, if, if they somehow win 10 games with him and, and you know, make a wild card, it's going to be that. hard to move off of him, especially when Matt Corral was a, you know, late third round pick.
0: It would take that. It would, t- yeah, it, it would, would. take yeah. that 30 touchdowns, 12 interceptions and I really like this 12 interceptions. I do. I think it's, that's a fair enough. A Cause good, it's, it's not, a it's, good a good little, number. it's like, it's like, um, you're still like two it's to like one you know 8 I mean? per game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. It, but because again, it, it's going to take that. Cause if it's 30 touchdowns and 20 interceptions and you know, like that, you, you, you just can't, in you gotta to have, you gotta be efficient. Yeah. You gotta be efficient. Um, so I'm going to now take it into the direction where it's a different direction. So this is the, I have two guys on my list where I think the pressure is really huge. And then I only have two guys left in this way, Um, but it's for different reasons and neither one of their careers are on the line, but I think it's different reasons. So I'll go first and I'll go with Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson, there is a lot of pressure. AFC new team. He kind of got to pick where he wanted to go. Um, they gave up a ton to get him. And you're in now the toughest division of football with three quarterbacks who are all very, very good. Three top 12 quarterbacks, In you know, four quarterbacks on the top 12 in the NFL, two of them in, three of them in the top five, you really could argue. So he is in absolutely a new pressure pack situation. He's got more pressure on him than Mahomes because Mahomes has the the recent Super Bowl and the recent Super Bowl uh, playoff success. And he's got the long-term deal. He's got more pressure on him than Herbert because Herbert's still young and can play that card of like, well, the, the ceiling hasn't been hit yet. And he's got more pressure than Carr because Carr just got a new deal. So, like, Carr's got a new deal. He's got a new head coach. And the Raiders, as a franchise, bless you, are, um, I think, backing. I think they're they're committed to Carr for whatever the next kind of, like, two- or three-year window looks like. I actually don't think there's that much pressure on Derek Carr in general. And I know that may sound crazy. But when you get a new deal and you have a new head coach come in, you're going to get at least two years before it's, like, if the end of next year, if it's not, if they haven't made the playoffs again and, he's not performing. Then it's like, all right, pressure's on. Is it the coach? Is it car? What is it? But I think yeah. he's got at least a two-year window. Um, so I, di- I think Russell's in a lot of pressure. And I, and I think part of that too is the media. We're all expecting big things. I mean, I know Colin Coward's already said he's like the, the pick, the Super Bowl favorites, um, p- people like that. There's, there's people talking about that legitimately. And so it's a lot to live up to. And, no one's really talking about the Chiefs and Mahomes, and everyone's talking about Josh Allen and everyone's talking about um, uh, Russell Wilson. And so I, I think uh, and the Broncos. So I think Russell Wilson. There's a lot of just career arc legacy pressure for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, people are expecting uh, this team to make a push for the Super Bowl, and that is that's a heavy weight to bear. I have two guys that kind of fit into a similar category of um, more so legacy and career arc than anything else both these guys have gotten their money okay Uh, both these guys have established themselves to be good quarterbacks in this league Um, but I think there's pressure to win and you have to win to establish that legacy and to prove that the teams that you know committed to you were correct in doing so first one of that being Dak I think Dak like it's not enough to just, you know, win the division with the Dallas Cowboys. yeah, You have to win playoff games, and you have to make a push. This is a team that has two playoff wins in, what, 20 years? Like, this is – they really, really need to move the needle uh, over – you know, it, it's really kind of like in that Steelers realm of like, yeah, you guys have had good teams, but what if you had to show for it? Um, you, you just – the success hasn't been there. Dak is a guy that got paid big money – and is a good quarterback, like that's not going to hurt. He's not going to not be a good quarterback. He'll always be known as that. And he would have, you know, he would go somewhere else if, if for whatever reason, the Cowboys, you know, moved off of him. But in terms of his legacy and his, you know, footing in the NFL is like a, re- a good starter that, you know, provided for his team and produced. Uh, you got to do more than just put up some nice stats. Like you got to, you got to win some games. And then the other guy for me is Derek Carr. And okay. the biggest thing with Derek Carr is that he's, he hasn't had as much help over his career, but now he's got Devonte Adams and Darren Waller uh, is a stud and Hunter Renfro just got his payday and you have a pretty good run game. And now you have an offensive mastermind, you know, that uh, is your head coach um, it's a tough division. I'll give him that. He doesn't have as easy of a road as Dak does, but Derek Carr needs to start winning some playoff games because he's been in the league for a while now. He's been really good, um, but just doesn't have that success. It's kind of akin to Kirk cousins. It's like, yeah, you're a good quarterback, but what, like, what have you done? You're just, you're putting up good stats and and you're, you know, leading your team down. I think Derek Carr's a great quarterback. Honestly, I think he's a top, you know, what is it 13 or whatever uh i think i should put him number nine uh in the league like i think he's really good um but you got to win games and and that's the pressure these two guys face
0: yeah so i'll respond to that i mean i made my case for derek carr why there's not pressure and i think it's you know it's because these two guys are great talking points for this discussion and again the reason i didn't include them on this list i agree there is pressure don't get me wrong there's yeah. pressure on every... There's
1: elements of pressure across.
0: Yeah, there's, yeah. So, start, there's pressure on every single player in the NFL, every single coach, every single organization, but um, if you... I personally think that Dak has some security and Derek has some security because because of the contracts, and I do think that Derek... Um, if things don't go great this year, they will have excuses that are built in, right? New coach, adding new pieces, Devonte Adams, you know, uh, so we, we, now we feel really good going into year two of this, right? Like they, I can see the excuses at the end of the year when they miss the playoffs, barely in a tough division, he throws a bad pick or they, you know, missed a little time. And it's like, well, guys, no, no, we're now we've had him in the system for a year. I knew he had to learn a whole new offense. You know what I mean? I can, I can make. I hear you, but useless. they just made the
1: playoffs. If they take a step I know. back, with I understand. Adding Devontae Adams and and uh, a new head coach to me, no, that's no. you got to go the other way. You got, you got to make the playoffs again.
0: I, ag- I, I agree. Yeah, There's yeah. pressure, but I'm saying is why is there? Why is he not higher on my list? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's like, fair. And those are those and like are I said, things. like this is a
1: this is a legacy thing, not a yeah. Uh, you're not going to keep your job type of thing. Great.
0: Going to keys is
1: intact. Uh, The money's there.
0: I agree. I agree more with Dak legacy is really at stake here. I mean, he's now in, he has now been with Mike McCarthy. They got rid of Amari Cooper. They, so that means you, there's more pressure on you to perform, to make CD lamb, the number one, to make Gallup the true number two. You know, he has a defense now that no one can sleep on anymore. That the Dallas defense came out of nowhere last year. We did not expect Micah Parsons to be that good. We did not expect Diggs to be that good. So now those guys, you know, there, there's, that's expected. And so Dax even more so got to rise to that occasion. And you're right. The NFC is weak. It is weak. And so I think that adds on to the pressure. The Dallas Cowboys were a 12-win team last year in a, in an NFC that we all agree got worse, you got to have some playoff success. You've got to have a playoff win. And I just don't know if it's there. So I agree. There's, there's pressure sure. on deck and it's legacy pressure. Absolutely. the The only other person that I would say to me, there's pressure on, it's not losing job and it's not necessarily legacy, but it's, perceived um, how we perceive them and how we will talk about them in a calendar year from now um, is Trevor Lawrence. He's the leader of the rookies in that way. Listen, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. You can make the same argument I'm about to make for Trevor Lawrence for all of them, right? They're all rookie second year quarterbacks now, but Trevor being the can't miss Andrew Luck, John Elway, Peyton Manning prospect and being number one overall, there's more of it. So I will make this argument, but just know as I'm making it, you can plug and play this if I was talking about Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, or Trey Lance, and Mac Jones as is, is well. So just know that as I make this argument for Trevor Lawrence. And that is the fact that there's always that sophomore slump to worry about. And for guys, none of these rookies had outstanding years. And none of them had years that blew any of us away. And none of them, none of them we would feel like are on that trajectory of a Justin Herbert like the year before. A year ago, we were talking about Justin Herbert like, holy crap. And even so, we were talking about Joe Burrow like, holy crap, and I hope he's healthy because holy crap, he was really good. None of the rookies had that. They did not. Even Mac Jones, who won the most games and at times looked the best of them, had the the Buffalo game where it's like, okay, clearly the smartest coach in NFL history is showing us he doesn't trust his quarterback to throw the football at all. And so none of them had those moments that the previous rookie class did. So for Trevor is the leader of that as the Camp miss prospect, as the Andrew Luck, as I mentioned, that type of talked in that way. This is a huge year. And again, they invested in a new coach, in a in new weapons for him there in a in a division a, a conference that's tough but a division that is weaker yeah you have you have got to find a way to show me the the wow moments the improvements though okay that's trevor lawrence that we expected to be in the nfl i need i need trevor lawrence to not necessarily win more games right which is hard because they were the number one overall pick. They were bad. I'd like to see them win more games, but I need to see Trevor Lawrence be the reasons like, oh, well, they're not, the reason they're not winning games, it ain't Trevor Lawrence's fault. That's what every second year, if you're a fan of a team that's a second year quarterback, the Niners, the Bears, the Jets, the Jaguars, the Patriots, the most important thing, maybe not the Patriots in this sense, but the most important thing that we all are sitting here saying to ourselves is that, We have to know a calendar year from now, is he, or is he not the guy? Are we building around him or are we not? And that is the most important question. And even more so for Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, because being the number one overall pick and being the can't miss prospect, it comes with extra pressure in that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, That's a really good point. I was uh, close to putting Trevor Lawrence on this list and, uh, you know, for those very reasons. So I don't need to say too much more on that, but I I definitely agree. I I would say they probably do need to win games because if you are a good enough quarterback (laughs) wins, even in the worst situation, you're going to win more than like two games, you know. So, yeah, hopefully they can pull out like, you know, five or six and, uh, you know, show some serious progress there. Excuse me. Uh, I only had two other guys here, Mark, that are are in similar situations. Um, And again, it's not, uh, it's not necessarily a legacy thing and it's not necessarily a last chance for your career type of thing. It's somewhere in the middle. And this is Kyler Murray and Lamar, because I think both of them are in similar situations. They're both very talented, super good. They're playing for these contracts. So this is obviously without them having contracts currently, which might end before the season starts, they may get, you know, signed to multi-year deals and huge deals. And then this, there's less pressure in that regard, but they're both, they both have had injury concerns uh, and there have been limitations uh, in their game that while it hasn't impeded them from winning football games, it has been a concern in terms of long-term viability. And so Kyler's, you know, had these, you know, questions about, Leadership and, you know, he's kind of a loner. And how long is, you know, sustainable is that? Lamar has had, you know, yes, he's thrown better, but does he have the arm to sustain a 10, 12 year NFL career at the position? Yeah. These are things that need to be answered uh, sooner rather than later. And uh, while Lamar has had more success in terms of getting to the postseason, um, they haven't won the games that they need to be winning. So this year, they both need to make the postseason and they both, you know, need to have a good uh, game in the playoffs. Uh, and at least, you know, they, if they don't win, if it's, you know, because of whatever, you got Mahomes, you're not going to rake you over the coals for that. Or if Kyler runs into the Rams and they just, you know, they dominate their defense. So be it, but they need to play well. Kyler in the playoffs they're left so much to be desired. Right. And there's yeah. been a lot of speculation about uh, him trying to play for that contract. Um, and so to not, not get uh, lit up on the field. So, they have to answer some of these questions. And that's why I think there's about, there's lukewarm heat on these guys, but that's why I put them far further down this list because there there's pressure. It's just a, it's a different feel kind of
0: pressure for these guys. It is a different feel because if they were both on the open market, they would have jobs instantly. Instantly. So it's not uh, but the pressure is that this year will depend on what kind of jobs would be available to them. And staying with their current jobs. I think yeah, um, that's where it
1: goes from here because yeah if Lamar then ends up in uh, you know uh Carolina well I think that'd be great, you know, say they lose a couple pieces and stuff like who's to say that his chance at winning uh is ever going to be as good as with Baltimore. It and won't then be, Kyler yeah. is your chance going to be ever as good as this dominant, you know, receiving core that you have and and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I
0: I agree. I think those are great great uh final uh pieces. I'll say for both of them um you know, they also are just so, they're such a unique, they're so unique, but they're, they're all so, they're so similar and so different. And I think I know it's Lamar, the, yeah, it really Lamar, is. it's like Lamar, it's fascinating because I, from everything that I've read and I've heard, there is the contract like offer and there is like, it's not disrespectful and it is huge money, yeah. but Lamar. It's
1: almost just, like he's just saying, like, I, is, fe- I need to feel like I've earned it.
0: Yes. And it's like, I need to play this year on my fifth year. And it's like, dude, he, he's just his own character. And he's, uh, and he represents himself. He doesn't have an agent where Kyler it's the exact opposite. It's pay me before I get hurt. I ain't going on the field until I get my money. And when I get my money, no, yeah, no, trust me. I'll be all in trust me. I'll be all in Lamar. It's like, he's so all in. He doesn't even feel like he deserves the money. And yeah. it's just, it's just so different. I do think that Lamar Jackson, if there is a hang up in the contract and Lamar could maybe feel disrespected by this. And I'm not sure. And again, this is all speculation. I'm not, I don't know for sure. I'd imagine one of the hangups will be the years Allen and Mahomes got long-term deals. Uh, If I'm the Ravens, I want to pay Lamar Jackson 130, 140 guaranteed, but I want to pay it for three years. You know what I mean? Like I want to make you the highest paid annually by like a ton, but I want it to only be for three years. And if I'm Lamar, don't be disrespected by that. Cause Lamar, if you put first of a, that's generational life changing money. Uh, it's going to be 150 guaranteed or whatever it will be. Cause it'll be top of the market. What the other guys were getting that you get to put in your bank account and no one could ever take it from you. And not only that, if you play to the level that you're capable of playing and you, and you keep on that track, there's no reason why they wouldn't then extend you in that third year or after year two of that deal. You know what I mean? Like it may mean you have to negotiate again, and I'm sure he hates that. But what did I say with, with Baker Mayfield? Sometimes you just, a year ago, Baker Mayfield had an offer on the table of like a, it was like three years, $100 million. And he scoffed at that thinking that he could do better. We well, talked about like with Le'Veon Bell. And sometimes I just wish some of these athletes had someone better in their corner to just tell them like, it, it's, I know you're feeling maybe disrespected by that because of so-and-so and you're a competitive fiery guy, but don't be dumb like this. The NFL things change so quickly. It changed so quickly. And if so for like Lamar, I feel like I, I just worry that this could, it's one of those things, there is pressure, but to me it's almost I fear for him because we see with guys who are these physical freaks that don't, you know, that don't, you know, get them. I mean, Cam got his money. I mean, Cam had that huge $130 million deal. You know what I mean? Like he got that big paycheck. Kyler, to his own credit, as annoying as it is, and I think it's, you know, kind of whiny-ish, and, and he goes about it in a way that I don't personally like, and, I'm, and I don't like Kyler nearly as much as I like Lamar as a player and as a, as a person from everything you've gathered, I do give him credit. I think he's being smart about it. He's like, I'm not, I'm not bleeping doing it. I need to see some real guaranteed money before I go back out there. And I think technically I wish Lamar would, you know, would have a little bit more of that spine to be like, all right, this is it. I need this. Let's do it and let's go and let's play. And I just don't know if that's in or in the negotiations and I worry – it could screw himself. Ty- Kyler's going to get his money. Kyler's not going to get screwed. Kyler will, will get his big deal and have his money with Lamar. I worry he might play this year on that fifth year option without the deal. And you, you, you risk it every time you step on the field, talk to Alex Smith, talk to Joe Theismann. You risk it every time you step on the field.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you want to find that middle ground. You don't want to be uh, defiant and then end up settling for less Absolutely. And you also don't want to do, you know, like the Scottie Pippen route and just, you know, pounce on the first, uh, you know, sign of, uh, you know, a couple million, but could have made, you know, 15 times that, you know, no, one's going to get Scottie so. Pippen
0: ever again. No, mo- no, I know. But, yeah. but I get, we, it's a good, it's a decent yeah. analogy, but I do think, you know, stop worrying about the years. Like, I know Josh got his what eight year Patrick got his 10 year, like don't worry about the years. Get yeah. that guaranteed money. Because I mean, if you are Baker... gonna end up playing eight
1: years, you'll end up playing eight years. Yes, like that's, it, that's gonna happen regardless. So and Baker it, would kill because if Josh for... Allen gets hurt in two years, he's not playing eight years either.
0: Yeah, he's know? not playing so, eight years either. And the yeah. money, the guaranteed money, is gonna be the same as your guaranteed money for your three or four year deal. Right. right and right. and Baker would kill, literally kill for a three-year $100 million deal right now, $33 million a year. But that was disrespectful, and everyone else is getting six years or more. I want that commitment. Don't be I, – I I know I. it's so – it can be frustrating. You're not that guy, pal. You're yeah, not you're that not, guy. Guys make – I think, you know, It's a. it just goes to show you how quickly things can happen in a year, and I'm glad that's why we did this show today because we're talking about it, and in a year from now, there's going to be one or two of the guys that we talked about today who are in the exact same bad scenario, the worst case scenario we talked about. And some of the guys who are in the best case scenario we talked about, right. and it's going to happen because it happens every single year, uh, you know, and, and with Baker Mayfield, he's the latest example of the negative of that. And, um, and, uh, and so it's, it's going to be, be very interesting.
1: It will be that's, you know, like every NFL season, it will not be void no. of storylines. And we'll have plenty of those at the quarterback position going into this year. Yeah. Anything else, Mark? Before we close out the show here,
0: I I I have one thing that's really interesting. A CBS Sports is doing doing a. They've been pushing out a bunch of this stuff on their social media. In the in the Super Bowl era, they have like best franchise win percentage in the Super Bowl oh, era. Oh
1: yeah, I did see that. And you see
0: that, and like most playoff wins in the Super Bowl era.
1: The Cowboys thing's hilarious because they won like 33 of those in like the 70s, 80s, and 90s.
0: It just goes, but that's why the, and yeah. that were the ones I want to talk about in the Super Bowl era. So, what is it going to be? Super Bowl 57 this year?
1: Yeah. Six, I mean, you're 1960,
0: talking 1960. So, 50s. Yeah. Uh, so, no, uh, 40, 60. We're not in Super Bowl. Well,
1: 1960. When was the first Super Bowl? That's bad.
0: Yeah, I know that is terrible of us. We're young.
1: Super Bowl one was in 1967. Okay, yeah, yeah.
0: So Super Bowl 66 were coming up this year. 56. No, no, 57. Yeah, yeah. 56. So
1: well, actually, it's Super Bowl 57. I'm pretty sure. 57.
0: Because it's one. Yeah, yeah, one. So I I said 57. So in 57 years, the Dallas Cowboys have 35 playoff wins, but they've only had two in the last so if you ever wonder why people are like America's team so annoying they legit were the patriots i mean like the, yeah. they dominated for the first 30 years of the super bowl era they were very very dominant 10 you know, basically did average 10 playoff wins a decade one a year for uh, with multiple with you know multiple super bowl runs uh you know including the and, and you know capping off with their epic 90s you know early 90s runs and you know, it just goes to show you of all the teams that have lasted a long time, like the, 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 the long time franchises too. I need to stop predicting the Bears will ever win a will win playoff games. I mean, it's so embarrassing. Honestly, 10
1: surprised the hell ten, out of me. They've really it, only won 10 playoff 10
0: games. playoff games in the Super Bowl era. And that and includes then, two making the Super Bowl, two runs of making the Super so Bowl, which requires they,
1: three wins at
0: least. They've you know? really only had two years in the Super Bowl era that were good. Yeah, like yeah. two legitimate years. And that is going to show you why the double doink like that shit hurts. Cause like, that's why it's like, that's the, your chance. When you root for a bad franchise, I mean, cause even like teams like the giants, the football team, the dolphins who have not been good recently, like in the last like 15, 20 years. Uh, well, the giants is more like the last 10 years, but like the, the giants 20 year, 20 wins in the, you know, Super Bowl era, the football team, 20 wins in the Super Bowl era. Multiple Super Bowl championships. The Raiders, 25 wins in the Super Bowl era. Mo, you know, like the Bears are that special kind of bad. The the Bengals, longtime franchise, two eight wins. The Browns, seven wins, and the Lions. Like the Bears and the Lions. Lions, one win. Cardinals have been around since the Super Bowl era as well, God, right? One
1: playoff win, dude. Like one playoff the, win.
0: The the Bears?
1: entire franchise. Of anyone that's been al- that's yeah. alive to have and, been a fan.
0: And Saints fans need most. to worry because the Saints fans only have 10, and, like, that's all recent success with Drew Brees. Yeah. So, like, the Saints, the Bears, like, the Lions, the Browns, the Bengals fans, the Cardinals fans, like, we have the most, like, we are rooting for basically limp dick dead franchises. I mean, that's just – that's what you root for. You're There's a dead franchise. Like, the Panthers, nine wins, but they've been, what, since 92 – Ninety six. So yeah, 96. that's a, even less than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the Jaguars seven, but since the mid nineties. Uh, and the Texans four, but since two thousand two. Like, even the Vikings, twenty-one wins. I know they'd never made a Super Bowl. They never won, but like it's bad, man. It hurts. I saw that. I my first two thoughts were man, the Cowboys have were so good for so many years. They were they were the Patriots of the first thirty years of the Super Bowl era. And now they are the now they are the lions of the Super Bowl era. They're in such a swing, and the and the Patriots are the opposite. They were terrible for the first thirty years of the Super Bowl era, and they are now the Cowboys of the you know, and the Bears have just been so bad for so long. Yeah. Now, granted, but the Bears have been when they do the win percentage, tied
1: for eighteen. By the way, nineteen ninety five was the Panthers' first season. I, I okay. want to get catch hell.
0: Yeah. So the bear. So the Bears. In as far as win percentage goes, since the Super Bowl started, the Bears have been a better winning franchise as far as regular season than than half the league. So it's, but again, that's even why the playoffs, the lack of playoffs, is even more painful.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it is crazy to oh, think about. It really is it, just the ebbs and flows too of a lot of those teams, uh, where chunks of um, eras. Or, or where they dominated, you it know, goes, I mean, even, even the, the Steelers, I would say probably about 20 of those wins came in the seventies and uh, you know, that's it. The
0: Steelers to me and the Niners are the two teams that I would argue have had the longest kind of sustained sure. success. Yeah, they, because like, they've
1: been solid. They've never been in the yeah. absolute gutter outside of a, you know, the
0: Packers small pockets. The Packers would be that that next team. So like because remember, the Patriots 36 wins. That's all like I think 30 of them or like 29 of those playoff wins are Brady. Like the the yeah, Patriots man. were garbage the first 30 years of the Super Bowl era. The Cowboys have been garbage the last 30 years of the Super Bowl era or 25 plus years. So like they had they have been talking about zero consistency but the steelers the niners and the the packers are the most consistent um yeah. as, as far as nfl franchises in the super bowl era that's why i think you'd argue the packers are historically and i hate to say this the most successful nfl team historically cuz they were they are second to the only the bears pre-super bowl era as far as For championships yeah, yeah. yeah pre-super bowl era it's the bears and and they're in their league of their own but they are they are the op- they are the most inconsistent then cuz they're like the they're like the the cowboys they were great you know pre you know pre-super bowl and since super bowl they're absolute trash uh just trash it's painful even the titans who but i guess the titans ca- technically count as the oilers as well so i shouldn't yeah. say that.
1: The, yeah, Jets is, the Jets have more wins. The Jets. Jets have
0: more playoff yeah, wins God. than the Bears.
1: I mean that you know Super Bowl three may. Like,
0: well, what it goes to show world. you for Tampa Bay, why franchises like Tampa should do exactly what they're doing. Historically, of zero historical relevancy, sell out for yeah. certain guys and just make one. Yeah. Because the the Bucks now bad. have eleven wins. The Bucks in literally the Brady era have had how many super playoff wins? Like six.
1: Yeah, probably five or six. Yeah.
0: Like that 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 took them from being th- third place on this list third from last to you know you know in the uh, above the bears the the saints the Falcons you know
1: yep fell out just takes one one good run and uh you know maybe a second year and then there you go
0: just well, had to make i you know we haven't had yeah, we you just haven't had to
1: add, end on a depressing note
0: we haven't yeah. had sorrow for the bears in a while and I saw that. And I just like I cried. Well, you
1: know, end, just to make you feel better, Justin Fields hit a home run at Wrigley. So hey, they,
0: it does uh, make me feel better. Again, I have no shame in being like I'm pathetic and my franchise is pathetic. And so we listen when we get our few wins, I'm gonna celebrate. Take them,
1: absolutely, take them for sure. Oh God! All right, good stuff. All right, well, we'll be back at it, of course, uh, with with more next week. But uh, until then. Please uh, follow us on YouTube if you like watching the show
0: or uh,
1: like there, hit us up on social media as well. Uh, And uh, yeah, that is us signing off. Mark and Dan on the football lounge until next week.